0: Uh, This is a study that we started probably a year or so ago uh, at a previous congregation. It's a study that we didn't get very far, but there are actually several lessons uh, that will follow this same lesson today. Uh, So what I want to do, I know it's it's been a while and many of you have heard this, but I want to do a quick review and then hopefully get into some new material. But there are, this is a a book that Paul Sane has put out. He's a, a brother in Pulaski, Tennessee. And it's, it's called sin and its consequences. So what I want to do is I want to read the series of topics and then we're going to jump into our topic today. So the first subject is what is sin? How can I know right from wrong? How does God view sin? How will sin destroy you? What are sins of the heart? What are sins of the mouth? What are sexual sins? How does sin affect the church? How did Jesus view sin and how can we overcome sin? So you might think, well, what's the big deal? Uh, you know, what's the big deal with sin? This is a—it's a three-letter word, but it's a very, very powerful word. Uh, sin is the reason that uh, that we are here worshiping God. Sin is the reason why we are striving every day to get to heaven. Sin is one of those things that it affects every person in this room. There are some things in life that maybe will only affect certain people. Sin affects everyone. It may not affect us all. uh, Each each sin may not affect us all the same, but the consequence of sin will all affect us. There is a, a serious consequence to sin. Now, if you guys have been in one of my classes before, you know that I like interaction. I like questions. I don't like necessarily to get up and lecture. That's not really my style. Um, I want you to take something away from this class. Sometimes we will get up and we'll preach on a subject and we'll say something general like um, we need to be stronger Christians. Well, what does that mean? We might say that women need to dress modestly. Well, What does that mean? Uh, I, I want to be very specific. I want this to be personal to you. You know, it might be And, and Mary and I've talked about this a little bit. We talk about how women need to be dressed modestly well, to one woman, that might mean if I, if I wear a, a one-piece bathing suit, that that's modest, uh, whereas the, that wouldn't fit the, the biblical definition of modesty. But we need to be specific, particularly when we're talking about sin, because sin is so important. All right, so starting off, and like I said, I know a lot of this is a review for a lot of you, but let's start with the question, what is sin? How would you define sin? Transgression of God's law. That's perfect. Transgression of God's law. Sin is not just when we do something bad. Sin is not just something when we do something that's wrong. Sin is transgression of God's law. See, I can do something and I can feel bad about it, but sin is because I've transgressed the law of God. This is about God. I've transgressed His law. Uh, we understand that Uh, As we study God's law, there are specific things. There is a specific way that we need to live. And if we transgress God's law, which is what sin is, we understand that there are serious consequences to transgressing God's law. Sin is one of those things that, again, we've all done it. Uh, None of us are immune to it. Romans chapter 3 and verse 23 says, For we have all sinned we have all transgressed the the law of God more significantly Romans chapter 6 verse 23 says sin brings forth death there's a consequence to sin so it would be interesting for us to load up and go down to the Walmart parking lot and as people are going in and out of Walmart just to ask them what are your thoughts on sin is sin a big deal What do you think we might hear? Okay, some people might say, well, what do you mean by that? What is sin? Some people would be ignorant as far as what sin is. What might be some other thoughts that people might say? Everybody does it. What's the big deal? Everybody does it. And we could take that same mentality as Christians and we could say, well, even in the church, we commit sin. What's the big deal? Is sin a big deal? Absolutely. Absolutely. As we live here on this earth, we tend to think that we have plenty of time. And we don't necessarily like to think about when we pass away and what life will be like after we pass away. We all have a soul, and that soul will live for all eternity. This is something that's hard for us to comprehend. That soul will live in one of two places, either heaven or hell. Who decides where my soul will spend eternity? Who decides that? We do. I decide that. When do I decide that? I decide it while I'm alive here on this earth. Is sin a big deal? Absolutely. Just because somebody might say that it's not a big deal, you look at society today. Society today says that sin's not a big deal. Everybody's doing it. What are you you Christian people getting so worked up about? It's not that big of a deal. Sin is a big deal. Sin is the reason why Jesus went to the cross. Sin is the reason that Jesus... Died in a horrific manner because of me not because of Jesus but because of me we have to understand that that God is not the author of sin God is not the reason that sin exists today we understand in Genesis chapter 3 that Satan is the reason that sin exists today Satan is our enemy he is the reason now again Satan can be kind of this vague concept. As members of the church, we we, we believe in Satan. We understand that he's real. But then at the same time, we just kind of dismiss it. And it kind of goes in one ear and out the other, and we don't think it's really that big of a deal. But Satan is our enemy. Satan is alive and well. He is constantly striving to take us down. He doesn't want us to serve God. He doesn't want us doing what we're here doing this morning. So what are some things that Satan might do? He might say, well, everybody's doing it. It's not that big of a deal. Satan is constantly actively involved every single day, trying to wear us down, trying to trip us up. But again, in uh, Genesis chapter 3, sin enters the world. Sin enters the world because of Satan. Let's go to Genesis chapter 3. I said I wasn't going to spend a lot of time on this, but you guys know. You've been in my classes before. You know how this works. All right, so Genesis chapter 3. So we see that there's a serpent. Uh, Verse number... uh, Let's go down to... Let's go down to verse number 10. So he said, I heard your voice in the garden. I was afraid because I was naked and I hid myself. And he said... Well, let's not go down that far just yet. Uh, Verse 2, And the woman said to the servant, We may eat of the fruit of the tree of the garden, but of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God has said, You shall not eat it, nor shall you touch it, lest you die. Nothing complicated about that. Very straightforward. Did Eve understand the instructions that God gave? Yes, very clear. She repeated them back. She knew. Verse number four, Then the serpent said to the woman, You will not surely die, for God knows that in the day you eat of it, your eyes will be opened, and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. Verse number six, So when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, that it was pleasant to the eyes, and a tree desirable to make one wise, she took of its fruit and ate. She also gave it to her husband, and he ate. So what happens here is we have uh, Satan comes to her and he says, uh, you know, why don't you partake of this fruit? Well, God said we, we, we can't partake of this fruit that's, you know, in, in the midst of the garden. Oh, you won't die. In fact, not only will you not die, but your eyes will be opened. What is Satan doing here? He's convincing her. Yeah, Absolutely. Do we convince ourselves today that sin's okay? Does Satan convince us today that sins are okay? Yes. What happens when she commits sin? What's, what's her response when she realizes that she's done wrong, when, when God calls her on the carpet? Does she say, yeah? Go ahead, Larry. Okay,
1: so,
0: Okay, and that's, that's a good point, too. We're going to mention that here in a second. Um, one of the things, we'll get to you here in a second, Josh. One of the things that Satan is really good at is deception. What is deception? I can deceive somebody even without lying, even by telling the truth. I can deceive somebody. Satan is really good at deception. You think about like a, a magician And a magician's going to perform this magic trick. And what they're doing is they're deceiving you to make you believe that something is real. And we see this and we think, well, wow, how did they do that? Well, it's deception. That's what Satan is good at. He's good at deceiving us into thinking something that's not really there, not really true. Josh? Yeah, that's a great, great observation there. Sometimes it doesn't take a whole lot to get us to step over that line and commit sin. Sometimes there's, like like Josh said, there might already be a desire to do it, and it's just a little bit of a nudge, and the next thing you know, we're in the middle of sin. That's a great point. One thing that that we see sometimes in our own lives, and again, I I want this to be personable for everybody here personal to me, is what is it in your own life what is it that, that makes you sin? We're going to see what sin is, what the consequence of sin, why it's a big deal. This is something that we really need to study. One of the things that we see uh, with Eve is what does she say? What does she say as far as why she sinned? Who does she blame? Okay, so she blames the serpent. Well, the devil made me do it. The serpent made me do it. Who sinned after Eve? Adam sinned. Who did Adam blame? That woman that you made, she made me do it. It's just like today. We sin and the first thing we want to do is we want to blame somebody else. Well, they made me do it. Well, you know, they just really got me upset and I just couldn't handle it and I let words fly and... We always want to blame somebody else. We see this in society all the time. We're in a society that's all about me, all about what I want, about my feelings, and not taking responsibility for what I've done. This goes all the way back to the garden. Adam says, it's the the devil's fault. The devil made me do it. Can the devil make us do it? The devil can't make us do it. We try to use that as an excuse, but we can't. God knows better. Now understand this. The devil is really good at what he does. If we can compliment Satan, we can compliment him this way. He is extremely good at what he does. Like Larry was saying, he's a deceiver. He's going to make something. He might even take the truth and use it in a way that makes something look so good and deceive us. One of the things... So. Absolutely, absolutely, and, and so along with that is that one sin may not may not be a stumbling block for everybody in this room. So it might be that there is a stumbling block, a, a particular sin that doesn't affect you, but it does me or does someone else. Satan knows, and back to uh, Frank's point, sin is Satan is he knows exactly what to use, how to deceive us. You think about these magicians and how much planning goes into, into making these tricks come off and deceiving us and these illusions. There's a lot of planning. It's no different from Satan. There's a lot of planning. There's, there's, you think about when you go to war and you're, you're planning when you go to war and you're thinking about who is my enemy and, and, and how am I going to deceive them? That's the way Satan is. He wants to know who we are. He wants to know our daily schedule. He wants to know what is the best way to trip up this individual. If
2: you look at the garden itself geographically, you notice that it said that the tree is in the middle of the garden. So it's a constant reminder, just like sin is constantly around us in all areas. So there, there is that mindset
0: that it never really leaves that I Eve. Mean, yeah, and you think, even as members of the church, you think. Um, Well, you know, we're safe because, you know, we've got a family and and we worship and we're doing our best. It's always around us. Always. Sin can creep into the church. We think, well, you know, once we walk through those doors that we're immune from sin. No, this is an ongoing battle every day. It never ends. We can't escape it. Yeah,
1: absolutely.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, That's right. That's right. We can take this subject of sin and we can go so many different directions and we could spend weeks and weeks and weeks studying this, but it's really, really important because it affects every one of us. If we really want to go to heaven, I need to have my toes stepped on. I need to be sharper. I need to be stronger. I need to have a a sensitive heart that's easily pricked so that I can be a better Christian. Again, this is is for for every one of us. One thing that we see in Genesis chapter 3 is that Satan is a deceiver. We talked about that. We talked about the fact that um, he is a liar. Satan is a liar. Now, is it, is it odd to think that he's a deceiver and a liar? Well, no, those, those will oftentimes go together. Not necessarily always, but there's a link there. He's called the father of lies, John chapter 8, and verse 44. How would you like to be known as the father of lies? You know, we have men who have done... Productive things in history, and we have the father of medicine, and the father of this, and the father of that. He's the father of lies. We need to understand that Satan is our enemy. Satan is not my my buddy. Satan is not somebody I hang out with. We need to view sin for what it is, and we tend to we tend to want to flirt with sin we tend to want to see how close we can get to sin without actually committing sin. And you may think, well, that's total nonsense. But we all do it every day. We think, oh, it's not that big of a deal. I can watch that movie and I just won't listen to those words. It won't affect me. I can listen to that song. It's got a really good beat to it, but I'm not really concerned about the words of that song. I can go out with my group of friends after work and uh, yeah, they may be drinking and and they may be doing other things, but I'm going to be an influence to them. We try to justify it every day. And again, that's why this is so important is I think we have to understand the cost, the consequences of sin. And maybe it will help us to not want to see how close we can get to sin without actually committing it. It's almost like, hang on just a second, Frank, it's almost like we, we want to brag that, well, I can get that close to sin without actually committing that sin. That's not the way we need to look at this. How did Joseph handle this with Potiphar's wife? Did he want to see how close he could get to sin without actually committing that sin? No, no, absolutely not. He was gone. Why are we different today? And we can read examples throughout the Old and the New Testament. You think about David and Bathsheba and, and all of these things. Uh, there are people who caved in. And, and they, they, like, uh, like Frank was saying, we, we let our emotions get the best of us. And we, next thing you know, we're, we're there. Go ahead, Frank. Frank. That's that's right. That's exactly right. I think we've all we've all experienced that, you know, uh, somebody cuts us off in traffic, and maybe I think something, and, I, and it kind of surprises myself that I would actually think that. Um, and, and why is that? It's because we're constantly surrounded by the world, and we're hearing things, we're seeing things, especially with social media. We are bombarded with what other people think all day long, all day long. And so, like Frank said, is, is we're hearing these things, we're processing these things, and we think that we have this special filter inside of us where we can filter those things and we can still be holy. It doesn't work that way. We're not that strong. We have to do our best to separate ourselves from sin. Now, again, we can't flee the world. We are to be the light of the world. And it almost seems like a contradiction, but it's not. We need to have a stronger impact on the people around us than they're having on us. And many times it's the opposite way. They're influencing us. We have to stand up and we have to be different. People are going to see us as different, and they're going to think of us as weird or, or peculiar. Well we are. We are. I'm on this on this earth for a reason. I want to go to heaven. That's why I'm here. I want to do everything I can go to, to go to heaven. Like Frank said, we need each other. You know, even very innocent things, like we like the Andy Griffith show. We like older shows because they tend to be cleaner. But even with those older shows, you hear God's name in vain repeatedly. And so sometimes we have to turn that off when you hear the Lord's name in vain. Where do we draw the line? And it's kind of like what Don was saying in in questions and answers recently. We're talking about, uh, cracker Barrel and boycotts and who who supports homosexuality and we can't we can't flee from everything and we understand that but we need to take a stance for what's right. I can control certain things in my life. I can control what comes on that TV. I have that control. I can turn it off. That's a great choice. If we were to turn off television and uh, turn off our cell phones life would be a whole lot better. We'd be a lot more productive. We would be a lot more uh, spiritually minded. We're constantly being bombarded every time we turn around. And again, social media, television, those things are good. They're not, they're not wrong in and of themselves. There's a lot of good things on there. But uh, unfortunately, in today's society, there's a lot of nonsense. Any questions, any thoughts on that? So we need to understand that Satan is our enemy. He's our enemy. How do you treat your enemy? Do you want to hang out with your enemy? Do you want to be pals with your enemy? Do you want to go out to eat with your enemy? No. You are constantly on guard around your enemy. You don't let your guard down. We think about uh, in First Peter chapter five. We think about Satan roaring around like a like a roaring lion. He, he's 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 constantly seeking us. He wants to devour us. He wants to consume us. He wants to take us down. If we understand that Satan is alive and well and active, do we just uh, you know drop our eyes and we're just kind of moseying along, or are we constantly on guard? We live in a world where this is just not that big of a deal. You you Christian people, you religious people, you get so worked up and it's not that big of a deal. We live in a society where being a religious person is not a it's not considered a good thing anymore. You're considered a a weirdo if you believe in God and if you really want to follow God. We have to be different. A couple of things here. Like I said, I know this is a lot of this is review. I'm trying to go through this quickly. The devil wants us to believe that we can't have happiness. That happiness is unattainable unattainable without him. He wants us to be stressed out. He wants us to be anxious. He wants us to try to depend on him. To have to go to him in order to have happiness. Satan wants us to, to think that God's word is not real. And he uses a variety of tools and tricks at his disposal to try to convince us of these things. Satan wants to, wants to convince us that church really isn't important. You don't have to go every service. Oh, I mean, you went Sunday morning. That's fine. Every service? I mean, you're having a Bible study on Thursday? That's not that important. Come on. You, you did that. Satan is going to... And again, like, like Josh was saying earlier, sometimes it doesn't take a whole lot. All, all we need is that little bit of that nudge from Satan. And it's kind of like, OK, well, I won't go back on Sunday night. You know, he's right. I was there on Sunday morning and I even made a comment in class. I, I think I'm good. I, I'm just really tired. And, you know, I've got to I've got to work tomorrow. And Satan is really good. And sometimes we can justify things through the help of Satan. We can justify things. And the next thing you know, we're in the middle of sin. Yeah, Satan, Satan will, he won't come to us through the front door and uh, have a big red blinking sign and say, I'm about to present you with sin. He comes in the back door and he sneaks in and he'll use things that we didn't necessarily expect. And he'll use things that we just, we tend to fall for. And that's why we have to always be on guard because he's sneaky, because he's a deceiver, because he's a liar. And yet we still fall for it. God doesn't expect us to be perfect. He knows that we're not going to be perfect. But we are to be walking in the light, means, meaning I'm doing everything in my power, striving to do what's right. Mr. Joe?
2: Before we went to church in Cumberland County, we had a retired, and we had him give us some seminars. They plan out their work. And say, we can't you bring them in, and they tell us we plan our day just like you plan your day. We're looking for someone that's been over a week old or what, someone that is susceptible. And he's doing the same thing. And he knows what, like you say, what does temper. What bothers me may not bother you. So,
0: you've
2: got to be visual on it all the time.
0: That's a great point, yeah. I mean, just, just from the physical aspect, you know? I, and I, I talk to Mary sometimes because she doesn't necessarily fear things in the, in the physical room like she should. And, you know, going in the grocery store and she's got kids and she's distracting. You've got to keep your eyes, you know, you've got to be scanning and you've you got to be thinking. Uh, criminals like the easy target, right? Spiritually, it's the same thing. It's exactly the same thing. The more focused, the more attentive I am, the, the greater the likelihood is that I'm going to overcome or be able to fight the devil off. But if I'm just walking through and I'm not paying attention, yes, I'm going to be a, to be a victim, be a, a spiritual victim. That's right. One of the things that I want you to take away from this particular study is that sin will always take you farther than you intended to go. And you think, well, that's, that's not that big of a deal, it's a huge deal. <clears throat> Sometimes we end up in sin and we think, how did we get here? How did I end up in this situation? Sin will always take you farther than you intended to go. You think about the homosexual movement, the the trans movement. If, If somebody had told you 30 years ago that in 2023 that we would have doctors, PhDs, politicians, the president who were Not only in support of a man becoming a woman, a woman becoming a man, but that it's a wonderful thing and that it's courageous, you would have said, That's crazy. 30 years ago, you would have said, That's crazy. That'll never happen. Here we are, 2023. And let me tell you this this is not the end. They're not done. This is where sin will take you, and it will keep going. Sin will always take you farther than you intended to go. And we say, well, it's not that big of a deal. Everybody's doing it. It's a big deal. It's a big deal. We have to stand up, and we have to be that person who's different from the world. Again, there are people that I encounter every day that I don't necessarily agree with everything about them. I would never mistreat them. That's not my position. As Christians, we are to love every person. We are to love the person, but we are to hate the sin. doesn't matter what the sin is, but we need to hate the sin. Right? And, and we, get, we get attacked and we get called names and, you know, well, you just, you, y'all aren't loving people. That's not the case at all. Our authority, and we're going to get to this, our authority is the Word of God. If God says something is wrong, then I can't change that. If God says don't do it, I can't do it. I can't let my emotions be my authority. And again, we can get caught up in the world today. And we can listen to the PhDs and the doctors who say, you know, this is what this is. Well, the Bible says that's not what it is. And I'm going with God. I don't care what the subject is. If God says it's wrong, it's wrong. And it doesn't matter if 100 years ago it was wrong and now 100 years later it's right. If God says it's wrong, it's wrong. It will always be wrong. God's Word is not changing. God does not communicate to us today verbally. He doesn't appear to us in a vision. He's not going to whisper in my ear. We have the complete Word of God. And the complete Word of God will always stand the test of time for all eternity. It's up to us as Christians to stand up and to support the Word of God. Josh? That's right. And sometimes as seasoned Christians, um, we, we see a younger Christian and we don't understand. Well, why are they having? Why are they struggling with this? We're all at different. We're all at different paths. We're all at different journeys. We're all at different levels. Now, if I've been a Christian for 30 years and I don't understand some basic things, that's on me. I need to be doing a better job at studying and learning and, and understanding what God's authority is. Um, but we do need to have some grace for our younger uh, younger people in the faith, and we need to be helping them. Yes, sir. Yeah, he he is he's in pursuit, and and time, like you said, time is running out. Every day that we're here on earth. He's, he's doing the best that he can. And, and kind of like br- what Brother Joe said, is that is, um, if I'm on guard, uh, maybe he goes to somebody who's a little bit easier to get. Now, he's still after me. He's not going to give up on me. But uh, easy prey will sometimes go down the fastest. Uh, back to what Josh was saying, it made me think, and I don't know if this is a direct correlation, but I think about churches today and how we have people who are in atheism and I think, well, obviously, if you're in atheism, then you're wrong. But I think what's even more dangerous is people who are in like denominations, who you go to church and you're being taught something that's wrong. You're being taught that salvation is through the sinner's prayer. You're being taught that, that whatever. But yet you feel safe because what you, you feel like what you're doing is right. Whereas with atheism, you don't believe in God, but I think deep down inside there's still some questions in your mind versus going to a church and believing in something that's not not real does that make sense? so Satan is really good at at taking something like Larry said it might be that he takes the word of God and and uses it. We think about um, acts chapter two acts chapter twenty two we're talking about um Let's go to Acts chapter 2. I told y'all this was going to be a quick review. You should have known better. We've talked about this in our uh, high school class. Acts chapter 2, the the day of Pentecost. Acts chapter 2 and verse 21. So this is where Satan can take a verse, and it's a verse, and it's the truth, but he can spin it and make it sound like it's something that's not really is. So Acts chapter 2 and verse 21, it says, And it shall come to pass that whoever calls in the name of the Lord shall be saved. Is that a true statement? Yes, yes that's what the Bible says. The Bible says, whoever calls in the name of the Lord shall be saved. Now, Satan can take that verse and he can apply that and he can make you think that all you have to do is say the sinner's prayer. If I say the sinner's prayer, will I be saved? No. Well, the verse says that all I have to do is call on the name of the Lord. Do you understand the point here? And so then the question as a Christian is, is what does that mean? What does it mean to call on the name of the Lord? We have to define that. It doesn't say anything about saying the sinner's prayer. That's not in this verse. If we go to Acts chapter 22, verse 16, we understand what it means to call on the name of the Lord. Um, I thought I saw another hand. Um, all right so another thing that satan does not want us to or something that he does want us to believe is he wants us to believe that the physical world is more important than the spiritual world we're two minutes after we're going to have to stop here the next time that um don is out of town maybe the elders will ask me and we'll kind of start working on some more of this thank you